You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Welcome to another episode of Autumn on the Air. Today, we're continuing our Hispanic Heritage Month series by talking about an incredible organization truly changing the innovation ecosystem in Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust. Joining us today is Carlos Baez Pagan, Associate Director at the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust. With a background in biochemistry and business administration, Carlos plays a pivotal role in advancing innovation and technology commercialization in Puerto Rico. He's dedicated to empowering Hispanic inventors and entrepreneurs and building collaborative innovation networks. We're thrilled to have Carlos join us today to discuss his impactful work during Hispanic Heritage Month. Welcome, Carlos. I'm so excited to have you here on the air. Thank you, Lisa. I'm very excited to be here and really honored um, for the invitation. Well, I'm very excited to have you here, and I wanted to get started by asking you, could you give us a little bit of the backstory on the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust and what it's all about? Yeah, sure. So the Puerto Rico Science, Technology, and Research Trust is a private nonprofit, which was created in 2004 by law with the purpose of promoting innovation, technology transfer, and technology commercialization in the island. We're actually responsible for the public policy in science, technology, research, and development. And uh, our mission is to invest, facilitate, and create the competencies necessary to advance the economy of Puerto Rico and the well-being of its citizens. We envision Puerto Rico becoming recognized in the future as a global innovation hub capable of developing, attracting, and retaining technology entrepreneurs, scientists, and world-class companies. So we promote innovation through our different programs that fall under four strategic pillars, which are research and development, entrepreneurship, public health, and foundation programs. Um, So to tell you a little bit about each pillar, so for example, some of the programs under the research and development pillar are the research grants program. And we can talk about that uh, later on, but, you know, that's the only mechanism in the island that systematically um, funds research. Otherwise, you have to go to federal agencies for, for funding. The Technology Transfer Office, which is, you know, my office. The Caribbean Center for Rising Seas, which is all about preparedness for the potential of an increasing flood risk from storm tides and you know overall sea level rise. The Center for for Tropical Biodiversity, which is all about exploring our tropical biodiversity, the development of searchable collections of biological specimens from tropical environments the conservation of biodiversity resources and the potential commercialization of biodiversity-derived products. So under the entrepreneurial uh, pillar, we have programs such as Conena 66, which is a network of resources designed to help entrepreneurs have access to the help they need to succeed. 
And then we have incubator accelerator type programs such as Fase Uno, which is designed for the entrepreneur that is just getting started and needs help on those initial phases. Actually, Fase Uno means phase one in English. Parallel 18, or P18 for short, is an international accelerator that provides funding, mentorship, business connection, and investment to underrepresented founders around the globe, not just Puerto Rico. It's a program under P18, it's pre-18, which is designed for local entrepreneurs from the island. And then we have the post-accelerator program Expand, which are which is for companies that are already generating 250 in revenue or more and are ready to expand through exportation. We also have an SBIR and STDR federal grants program, which is all about increasing the number of SBIR and STDR grants in Puerto Rico by providing support in the preparation of the proposals and even matching funds. Under a public health pillar, we have programs such as the Puerto Rico Public Health Trust, with a vision to achieve sustainable equity in the health of Puerto Rican communities and, and improve their quality of life through innovation, collaboration, and community, community participation. The Puerto Rico Vector Control Unit, which is the program in charge of reducing the population of the mosquito that transmits language, chikungunya, and Zika, which is very important here. And the Puerto Rico Consortium for Clinical Investigations, which is a network of research sites, including a new site at the Trust, where we are, for increasing the speed and quality of clinical trials in the island. And our foundation pillar, which includes programs on STEM education and workforce development, is for engaging students from a young age in science, technology, engineering, and math to build capacity and develop workforce in technology, technological and emerging industries. We also have uh, a research and innovation meetups program, which is about promoting encounters to discuss uh, important topics related to innovation. And Science City, which is the most important program for research infrastructure development, is in charge of tra transforming a 69 eco lot into Science City. So, Carlos, you mentioned the trust got started in 2004, so you're not even 20 years old yet. I mean, that's a tremendous amount that's being done under all those pillars that you described. Has that evolved over time? I'm assuming you didn't start out with all those pillars at the beginning. You've kind of added on, I'm sure, over the course of the last almost 20 years. Yes, absolutely. So at the beginning, you know, um, that 69-acre lot used to there it was located a a famous prison um a prison in puerto rico yeah <laughs> called the oso blanco white bear it was very very famous so they decided to close the prison uh relocate that and use that um, lot which is strategically located in a densely you know there are universities hospitals to, to sort of create the science city and promote, you know, the, the whole um, knowledge economy that they would call it at that time. So initially it was all about, you know, in, in 2004, um, the first maybe 10 years, it was um, about just developing the, the actual real estate. You know, the prison had to be demolished and then everything had to build right back. So it's not until actually until 
maybe 2014, when many, a lot of the programs started to, um, you know, to, to emerge. And so, for instance, the grants program was one of the first um, programs, of course, we wanted to be able to fund research. And then the TTO also came in, in 2016, 2017. So, yes, we have been adding programs um, past few years, especially the last uh, maybe nine, eight years, um, to sort of um, tackle different aspects of you know, promoting innovation, promoting health, entrepreneurship, and all of that. So it has evolved. Yeah, that's a tremendous amount in a short amount of time. If you really think that really things didn't get really rolling until 2014, it hasn't even been 10 years. Exactly. That's incredible. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the trust, but I wanted to take a step back for a second and ask you a little bit about your own journey, because you have a fascinating background that spans biochemistry, tech transfer, and a lot more. Tell us about your journey and how you found your way to the trust. Yeah, so thank you. Um, Yeah, I think that as many technology transfer professionals, I, I came from academia, really. I was an associated an associate investigator in the biology department of the University of Puerto Rico, an adjunct professor in physical sciences department, um, and a core facility manager. My background is in chemistry. I have a bachelor's degree in chemistry and then did my PhD in biochemistry. Years later, I completed an MBA with an emphasis on, on finance. Um, as a research researcher, I published um, 20 peer-reviewed articles filed several patent applications and was issued four those patents. So, so before transitioning to technology transfer, in, in addition to performing scientific research, I took on roles that were really more aligned with tech transfer, even though I didn't know that at the time. So for, for more than eight years, I was the core facility manager of the most advanced microscopy facilities in Puerto Rico, the confocal imaging facility, and the neuroimaging and electrophysiology facility. So as a core facility manager, I negotiated the MOU with with Nikon, whereby the neuroimaging and electrophysiology facility became a Nikon center of excellence, one of only a few in the world with significant benefits to the University of Puerto Rico. The The negotiations required traveling to the headquarters of two competing companies, size and Nikon in New York City, meeting with their upper management and numerous meetings with their vice presidents of sales and other members of their management team. So that was my first negotiation experience and I loved it. So I decided to pursue an MBA. While pursuing my MBA, I learned about tech transfer and it, and it, and it sort of came to the real realization that that was the field in which I, I wanted to grow professionally. And at the time, it was difficult to think of a career in tech transfer because the, the field essentially did not exist in Puerto Rico. That meant that despite the high quality research being performed on the island and the millions of dollars that funded it, inventions created in our universities were not being transferred. Now, I am perhaps among the individuals with more experience in technology transfer in Puerto Rico. And I'm proud to be working towards an academic culture where, where 
inventions with the potential of impacting society are actually transferred from the research lab into the market. So in, in, in my experiences attending Autumn and LES conferences, I learned about, I learned from many colleagues that made the transition from academic research into tech transfer that there's often an interesting story about how they got there. So mine was through meeting Carola Schrock, the founder of a company that specializes on organizing global life science partnering events, EBD Group. And after more than 25 years, she sold her company, moved to Puerto Rico, and founded another company, the Hyin Group. I met Carola in the University of Puerto Rico's Molecular Science Research Center, which, by the way, is the most advanced research facility on the island. She was interested in connecting people to improve the local entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I just wanted to get as much experience and learn as much as possible about the commercialization of scientific discoveries. So we got along just fine. And just a few minutes into our initial conversation, we're planning a series of seminars intended for local researchers. It occurred to me that a seminar series with was actually the best way to prepare the local scientific community to fully take advantage of the opportunities that might present during the celebration of BioLab Time 2016, which was scheduled for the end of that year in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So in a couple of weeks, we were already planning the first of the seminars in our in our series. Uh, you know, due to my interest in technology transfer and the real need I knew existed among local inventors um, for serious discussions about the subject, I suggested that the first seminar should be on tech transfer. And Carola knew just who to invite to give that first seminar. David Gulley, which I know you know very well. Yes. So David had just recently moved to the island to establish a TTO at the Trust after a long and successful career at the University of Illinois, Chicago. So the first seminar took place at the Trust, even though I was not working yet, but at that time, I was still at UPR. It was my responsibility to invite make sure that people, especially scientists from universities in Puerto Rico, would attend seminars despite taking place on a Friday evening. <laughs> yeah, I bet that was a challenge. Yeah. So the seminar was actually a complete success. Most shares were occupied and many <clears throat> left the, with the impression that they had, for the first time, understood what technology transfer really was. And I know that because after that, we, we went for some drinks and we had many conversations. So yes, that was the overall impressions. But months later, David Gulley and Chris Yukon, which is another veteran in the profession, were holding individual meetings uh, with researchers at the Molecular Science Research Center. And Car Carola suggested, actually insisted, that I meet with them and encourage me to speak my interest in tech transfer rather than my research projects, which is what I thought was going to happen. And I left that meeting excited at the prospect of finally starting my career in tech transfer and with none other than David Gully as mentor. Joined the office soon after, first as a volunteer, then as technology manager, then as senior technology manager, and now as an associate director. David encouraged me to join Autumn, and I became a member on January 2017. Since then, 
I participated in annual conferences, regional conferences, professional development courses, and webinars that have helped me develop as a technology transfer professional. Actually, now an RTTP, COP, and a USPTO registered patent agent. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were a registered uh, U.S. patent agent um, as well. And I mean, you're you mentioned your autumn experience and, and uh, you are co-chair of the Better World Project as well, along with Anne, who we yes. recently had on the podcast as well. Yeah, that's right. You're a very busy individual, Carlos, that's for sure. Well, you know, I studied a lot during the pandemic and uh, got all the certifications because I know it helps, you know, for the for the overall ecosystem. Yeah. Definitely. We've talked a little bit about how the trust has invested significantly in Puerto Rico's research infrastructure. Could you paint a picture of the impact that these investments have had on researchers and innovators in the region? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, indeed, more than 50 million have been invested in Puerto Rico's research infrastructure by by the trust. And as I said before, our main infrastructure-related initiative is Science City which is located in a 69-acre mixed-use land located in San Juan. And as I mentioned before, in a dense concentration of hospitals, universities, and other science and technology resources. So the aim for the development of Science City was to develop, attract, and retain a vibrant research ecosystem. That was the idea. So it'll be a high-tech scientific research complex, and it's already started to be that will house facilities such as high-tech laboratories and spaces for the development and production of new ideas and products, a hotel, a conference center, offices, civic center, schools, commercial premises, multifamily housing, and recreational areas. The Science City is located in the geographic center of San Juan, which is an important element due to its, um, its location, strategic location, Proximity to, for example, the Comprehensive Cancer Center, the Veterans Hospital, the Medical Sciences Campus of the University of Puerto Rico, and other important facilities. So as part of the development of Science City, we've already planned, developed, and constructed the Puerto Rico Environmental Research Laboratory, which houses the laboratory facilities of the Puerto Rico Environmental Quality Board and the laboratory facilities of the Puerto Rico Vector Control Unit. Um, also, the Innovation Center building, which is a three-story building that houses the trust headquarters and provides space for both incubation of companies, startups, and strategic service providers. And, and then we just recently inaugurated the Forward Center building, or we actually just finished building it, which is a 30,000 square feet three-story building partially funded by the U.S. Department of Commerce. And we've, we've also worked on the laboratory road, as we call it. Yeah, so, so we envision that Science City will become a recognized innovation hub, connecting and integrating the Puerto Rico Science and Technology ecosystem. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you're on your way. Um, and given that you're doing all this infrastructure development, can you talk a little bit about how the trust engages with and supports entrepreneurs, inventors, and innovators to ensure that they have access to resources and opportunities that they need to thrive? Yeah, so 
we have a number of programs that do that. So as I mentioned before, two of the trust strategic pillars are research and entrepreneurship. And there are a number of programs under those pillars that support entrepreneurs, inventors, and innovators. So for example, the grants program is the only program um, that funds research. And research is where everything begins. And then we have the TTO that identifies, evaluates, protects, markets, and transfers the most promising discoveries. And trust, which is a joint uh, initiative of the grants program and the TTO, trains researchers and fund projects to get them close to the market. And as I mentioned, the SDIR and SDPR programs support preparation of proposals and even provides matching funds. $100,000 in phase one awards, $200,000 in phase two awards. So very significant. I also mentioned the program Colmena 66. Colmena is actually the Spanish word for beehive. And as I mentioned before, yeah, it's a network of resources designed to help entrepreneurs have access to the, the help they need to succeed. So Colmena 66 is all about facilitating entrepreneurship. They connect entrepreneurs with the right resources at the right time so that they can start and grow a successful business in Puerto Rico. There are actually more than 260 organizations that are a part of the Colmena Business Support Network. No, it's a beehive. And more than 3,000 entrepreneurs have been impacted. They also organize the Boricua Emprende Fest, which, like they said, it's where the bees gather, learn, celebrate, and connect to grow. That's really neat. Yeah. And that's actually Puerto Rico's largest entrepreneurship event. Sign uh, for SMEs, you know, to celebrate, educate, and connect with the help they need to start, grow, create jobs, and strengthen the local economy. Yeah. So in addition to that, we have a program designed to make entrepreneurship accessible to anyone. And it's called Pase Uno, which is Spanish for state phase one. Pase Uno is an entrepreneurship program with two main goals. First, to provide universal access to entrepreneurship education and to incubate ideas that can evolve into successful startups. So there are two parts to Pase Uno. Um, first, it's Pase Uno Lab, which are modules or online courses that allow you to familiarize yourself with the basic concept of entrepreneurship, this part of the program is open and, and it's accessible throughout the year. And second, we have Fase Uno Intensive, which is an incubator with training, personalized assistance, and specialized mentoring to support entrepreneurs in developing their minimum viable product. Furthermore, Fase Uno prepares you to participate in any pre-acceleration program. So up to 30 projects per cycle receive direct consideration by the pre-18 evaluation committee. The pre-18 is our local pre-acceleration program, which is focused on helping innovative and early-stage Puerto Rican startups that have the potential to upscale into global markets. So yeah, so more than 1,300 applications have been received and more than 130 companies have participated. Wow, that's incredible. That's an incredible number. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. And they received $25,000 in equity-free funding. That's really impressive. 
and 50 of those companies have moved on to P18. And P18 is our, our international acceleration program. So that's not restricted to only Puerto Rican startups. This is global. And it welcomes companies, as I said, from around the world to help them scale to global markets. So our team works hard to provide high-quality business education, develop business connections, and create investment opportunities for all, for all our startups. E18 has received more than 8,500 applications, and more, more than 250 companies have participated in the program, 50, 75% of which are still operational. So it's no, not bad. That's an impressive statistic. Yeah. And they received 40,000 in equity-free funding as well. Wow. Congratulations, Carlos. That's really incredible. And I think one of the things that comes out of all this that you're talking about is obviously collaboration is at the heart of the trust effort. So tell us a little bit about the kind of collaborative network that the trust has developed and how it actively contributes to fulfilling the organization's mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, collaboration is indeed at the heart of the trust effort. So The trust has established alliances with a diverse group of organizations, which result in a bigger map of stakeholders to reinforce the trust mission and and vision, actually. So, for instance, just in the last fiscal year, we signed 199 MOUs with different organizations and municipalities, including 150 for telemedicine and telehealth. We also signed MOUs with the Department of Education, Department of Health, and the Department of Economic Development and Commerce, among and various universities and other institutions. Also, the Puerto Rico Consortium for Clinical Investigation, which is part of the trust and works to improve the impact, quality, and speed of a clinical trial activity conducted in Puerto Rico, partners with um, clinical research sites across the island. So, you know, a lot of, 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 of um, collaboration there to ensure um, access to a diverse patient population. And of course, as I mentioned before, our TDO is actually a regional technology transfer office. So collaboration is a must. You know, we have a formal partnership with the University of Puerto Rico, which is the largest university in Puerto Rico with 11 campuses, including medical and engineering schools. University of Puerto Rico is a public university, but we also have formal partnerships with four private universities, including three additional medical schools. So we actually work with 17 different companies. Wow, that's amazing. And Carlos, keeping on the topic of collaboration, how does the trust collaborate with other organizations or entities outside of Puerto Rico to extend its support and resources to Hispanic innovators on a global scale? Yeah, sure. So, for instance, we were just talking about the 199 MOUs that the trust signed last year. So, actually, the trust also officialized alliances during last fiscal year with NASA and the CDC Dengue branch. So, you know, it's uh, it's not just local organizations. To give you a few specific examples of collaborations with organizations outside of the island, the trust and MasterCard actually signed a collaborative agreement to benefit fintech companies participating in our accelerator programs by providing technical support and mentorship. Um, so the, our accelerator also partnered with Google for Startups, 
And with regards to STEM educations, the Albert Trump School, um, Puerto Rico, and the Department of Education and the Trust joined forces to provide high school students the opportunity to learn programming skills and, you know, explore careers in, in software engineering fields. And, you know, in terms of the TTO, our office serves as an as the state lead in an NIH-funded accelerator network that includes 25 university partners in the IDEA states of the southeast region of the United States. You know, these are states that receive less than their fair share of NIH funding. So, you know, the objective here is to foster the translation of promising biomedical discoveries and technologies from research labs into commercial products. The idea states of the Southeast region with which we collaborate are Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, Kentucky, and West Virginia. It's also related to the PTO. NSF recently granted the trust a development through the NSF Regional Innovation Agency. So, major challenge facing the U.S. is currently the supply chain system needed to deliver essential medicines and new products to address seasonal and unforeseen health crises. Puerto Rico has building blocks and key collaborators to quickly revamp the global supply for medicines to make it more stable, reliable, and demand-based as part of the sustainable national security strategy. So trust will collaborate with partners from academia, government, and the biopharma industry on this important project to improve our regional ecosystem for biopharma technologies and uh, manufacturing practices. Yeah, and in fact, I know there are a lot of pharmaceutical companies that do their manufacturing in Puerto Rico, so that makes a lot of sense. Yes. So, Carlos, you've talked a lot about one of the key aspects of the trust work is promoting entrepreneurship and tech transfer. Can you talk a little bit about how these initiatives have translated into successful ventures or impactful projects? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, even though we're actually a fairly young TTO, we have definitely had uh, several successes. So, by the way, since 2017, we have evaluated more than 150 invention disclosures. We've filed more than 85 patent applications, at least 21 of which have issued. And we managed more than 40 patents that the university had prosecuted before the TTO was established. More than 180 inventors have submitted invention disclosures to the TTO, 43% of which are females. So it's really a high number. One of the very early technologies uh, that we evaluated turned out to be quite a successful story. It's a technology from four researchers, um, two organic chemists and two cancer researchers from the University of Puerto Rico. They identified a group of compounds with remarkably high potency against breast cancer. So once we saw the results, we knew that we had to step in and secure high quality and broad patent protection. We filed a PCT and nationalized in several jurisdictions. We now have a patent portfolio of U.S. and foreign patents that continues to grow as we file continuations on several aspects, aspects of the invention. And the inventors decided to form a startup, which they did. And this trust uh, negotiated an exclusive license with the startup. 
fast forward to the present and now they are, have just entered phase one clinical trials. Oh, that's exciting. Congratulations to them. Yeah, the name of the startup is, is um, MBQ Pharma, and it's actually the first biopharmaceutical startup from Puerto Rico in the process of taking to the market a drug that was discovered at one of our universities. Oh, that's really, really exciting. So, Carlos, I wanted to ask you, are there any specific educational programs or initiatives aimed at encouraging and supporting the growth of Hispanic talent in the fields of science and technology within Puerto Rico that you could share with us? Yeah, so I mentioned Entrust, which is an initiative of the TTO and the grants program. And it was established as a large science lab to market boot camp offered in conjunction with Columbia University's Irvine Institute for Clinical and Translational Research. Each year, a, a, a 12-week course exposes academic researchers from our universities to key aspects of drug development, design, and commercialization. So, uh, and, and, and research teams also compete for, for pilot funding to de-risk their technologies. Um, so for instance, in our most recent uh, cycle, Entrust supported five research teams receiving awards of $75,000 each. But in addition to that, the trust has initiatives that are directed to the K-12 student population under the STEM Education and Workforce Development Program. But these efforts began with um, STEM programs impact, impacting younger generations and we're aligned with the research and development pillar of the trust. Today, the education initiatives of the trust are evolving to focus on public policy, strategic partnership, and equitable access to STEM and, work and workforce development. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Carlos, about the research grants program at the trust, because I know that this covers a broad spectrum of scientific fields. Can you tell us how this program has made a significant impact? Oh, yeah. So, so the, the grants program actually focuses on nine strategic sectors, aerospace, agriculture, biotechnology, clean technologies and renewable energy, electronics, uh, clinical research, environmental sciences, medical devices, conservation, science. But, you know, this this list is, is, is not really an exclusive list. So, you know, there are researchers um, exploring questions outside these nine strategic sectors. They're always encouraged to apply, and they actually do apply. So we, we've had, you know, researchers from sort of departments that usually don't receive pulses from. So, yes, we've actually achieved excellent results in our, in our research grant program. So, for example, in total, since its inception, the grants program has awarded more than 130 research grants for a total investment of almost 15 million and a return of investment of over 44, 43.3 million. That, that's a really great return on investment. Oh, yes. And actually, four, 428 students, if you see it from that perspective, have been impacted. 130 papers have been published and eight companies have been founded. But in addition to that, uh, the grants program also manages an initiative um, that we call Beacon. So Beacon is a platform that provides a better understanding of Puerto Rico's research ecosystem. 
it allows researchers to create and update, update their um, profiles and allows potential collaborators and the public to search for them. So, it, you know, it, it provides sort of a centralized platform for collecting, analyzing, and reporting on all academic and research activities in Puerto Rico. It enables assessment of research strength and planning for growth and increases collaborations between the public and the you know, private institutions, researchers, companies, and even potential investors. So, Carlos, I'd like for you to pull out your crystal ball for a second and tell us what are the Trust's future goals and aspirations in terms of fostering innovation and technology in Puerto Rico? Yeah, so I guess it depends on which pillar we're talking about. So, for instance, in the in the research pillar, uh, we're we're going to continue to provide financial support to the researchers on the island and explore new funding mechanisms to continue supporting the re- to the local scientific community. So that's you know that's not going anywhere. The the grants program is not going anywhere. In terms of entrepreneurship, we aspire to increase and strengthen the investment opportunities in Puerto Rico with events and educations to keep doing our part to fortify raising capital on the island. In terms of public health, we plan to continue leveraging our collaborations with the media, public and private companies, faith-based groups, NGOs, academia, and community leaders as we develop data-driven content um, to promote health and well-being of all the communities in Puerto Rico. And in terms of STEM education, we start to broaden our collaborations and partnerships with other STEM organizations to amplify our research. And of course, we'll continue to invest in science CD. And in terms of the TTO, well, our focus will be on increasing our portfolio and managing growth. So our, our TTO technology management platform provides an inventor portal for invention disclosures. And our plan for fiscal year 2024 is to allow key contacts from our partner institutions to submit disclosures on behalf of their inventors, thereby increasing on-campus engagement with researchers, as well as the quantity and quality of new disclosures. We also have an internship um, program at the, at the TTO for graduate students and postdocs um, to teach them about the evaluation process and to gain experience in technology transfer. So as you know, it's very difficult to sort of do the transitions from scientific research into tech transfer and often requires an internship. In the past, there was no such internship in Puerto Rico, so there's really no path to do the transition to tech transfer. I was actually lucky to meet David and be able to, to start my career in tech transfer. That's, you know, that's very, very uh, difficult. So th- the internship program is something that we will definitely continue to support. We're always hiring new interns um, as long as they are, have a legitimate interest in the, in, in the tech transfer profession. And so I, I would say that in essence, the trust is going to continue to work hard in turning our vision that Puerto Rico is a globally recognized innovation hub into a reality. 
Well, best of luck to you and your team in achieving all those goals and aspirations because it's certainly very lofty and sounds like you're going to be very, very busy. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you, Carlos, again, for being on the podcast today and for sharing your insights into the Puerto Rico Science, Technology and Research Trust and your role in advancing innovation. We really appreciate your time and your expertise, and we're excited to continue exploring Hispanic Heritage Month in our series. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. 